What's happening, people? Welcome back to the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am your host, Mike Maroney, alongside McLean Boyd and Jay Woodson. Gentlemen, how are you guys? Great. Fantastic. Wonderful. Beautiful Monday night. Nice to join you guys on a Monday. It is a Monday night. I'm currently watching my Patriots over your shoulders. I'm in a, a quite a dilemma here. So, Patriots fan, but I happen to bet them on the under win total this season. So I kind of need him to lose. <laughs> what was it? What was the over? Eight and a half. I bet the under because I was just so pessimistic about the season. <laughs> you're such a you're such a Boston fan. <laughs> you yell at them as hard as you can and expecting them to to lose, but love them when they win. Yeah, and I also the other thing is too. I'm gonna uh, pick them a weekly eight for eight pick them. You got to pick all eighteen all eight games correct in order. For someone to win, there's like a few hundred people in it, and if no one gets it, the money just carries over each week. So there's one guy that has a chance to win it this week, and he has the Patriots. <laughs> so if he lose, the Patriots lose, then it carries over, over, and there's like forty five hundred dollars on the line next week. So quite the dilemma. As a fan, I want him to win, but my wallet says lose. You know what are you gonna do? And then everybody keeps getting hurt. And everyone keeps getting hurt in this game. Kyler Murray's out. Devontae Parker's out. Ramondre Stevenson out. Three star offensive players out within the first two series. Yeah, I was uh, I was down by uh, three and a half points coming into this game. I had Kyler Murray needed to win to have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, so that's not going to happen. No, sorry, my condolences. <laughs> and I've got Russell Wilson sitting on the bench with twenty five points, which I would have never started Russell Wilson. Some, since he's it's been a horrendous year for him. Bad year. Bad year. Yeah. I'm not going to give you my cry story on fantasy football, but I can. I could go on a mass whole minute right now about my fantasy <laughs> football league, but <laughs> I won't. So um, what are you guys drinking tonight? Or sorry, Jay, what are you drinking tonight? Um, you know what? I had a uh I had a request to not uh go deep into what I'm drinking. Um so Ricky Sullivan, this is for you. I'm drinking Booker's Kentucky Tea Batch. Uh, just so you know, the nose is earthy and spicy with a surprising note of lemon peel mingling with really saddle leather. The Not palate really is really chewy bad. and rich with flavors of roasted peanuts, caramel, tart apple, baking spices, and cocoa note. Cocoa notes similar to a Tootsie Roll. Mm. Uh, just wanted to, you know, just shed some light on what I'm actually drinking. So, Ricky, if you ever uh, have a chance to have the uh, Booker's Kentucky Tea Batch, you may want to give it a shot based on based on that review. But it wow, is, it nice. is can I ask what you're reading from? Uh, it was Distiller. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I would never have all that memorized, but hints <laughs> uh, of a Tootsie Roll, huh? Yeah, well, man, that sounded delicious. I would have that based off that description. It actually is pretty good. Yeah. Um, McLean. Corona light. <laughs> we need to get you a sponsorship. I don't even, I don't want to make money. I just want you to make money off of it. We need to get you a sponsorship. Look, I'm a big fan of me making money off of shit. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking old elk. Uh, we did tonight. That's good. It that is sounds good. good. It's just easy. Easy. Yeah. Easy, easy drinking. Easy. And if you like, Smooth. if you like, you like Weller, you like all the Weller. Yeah, I'm, I'm a weeded guy. A, weeded bourbon. That's a weeded. And all of their stuff's good. How about the rollback pricing I sent you guys earlier this week? 
Yeah, I've been telling like a lot of people about that. I'm like, you'll never believe this shit. <laughs> McLean sends us a picture in Walmart of uh, wh- what whistle pig was it? I forget which whistle pig it was. And then a 15 knob creek with a rollback pricing. I'm like, <laughs> we can't even get that in our liquor stores in Virginia. And <laughs> they're rolling them back at Walmart. They're just rolling back price, and the prices are falling down, hitting you in the head when you walk by. Amazing. That's crazy. Anyways. Did, did you buy the bottle of the 15? No, I bought a bottle of tequila. <laughs> Jesus. It was just a tantas. No, it was yeah. a whistle, it was the whistle pig uh rye 10 year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean and the and the knob fifteen. Knob and knob yeah, 15. 15 knob, yeah. That stuff's great. That's really good. Yeah. So, whatever. Get some tequila. If I go to Walmart next time I'm in Florida. I'm, I've actually been stocking up on tequila like you guys do uh, bourbon. Well, Normally, that's, that's getting big now. Tequila's what's, getting big. What's I, your go-to tequila? Go-to is Casamigos, 100%. Which, uh, which one? Uh, I like the Blanco personally, uh, but I did just pick up a bottle, and I didn't know it was his tequila, but Grand Coromino. Uh, they have a Cristalino Reposado, which is a clear Reposado, um, and I got it, got it home open up and I find out it's Kevin Hart's tequila. It's actually pretty good. Uh, it's, uh, I probably would have said that I would not have purchased it had I known that, but a little smoky uh, offers uh, some mezcal hints, really hits the palate nicely. Oh, uh, wow. You're going pair, wow. and pairs well with multiple uh, items. God, man. Hey, Ricky Sullivan, you're taking notes. You're taking notes on, on Ricky the has turned this off. Ricky has absolutely turned this off. <laughs> he's totally t- he's turned it off um what uh if we're talking about tequila my, my brother is totally into tequila I'm, I'm just i just learned off of him but he loves this uh is it classe azul it's super yeah. it's super expensive sure. yeah sure but yeah. Is that the one with the that's the one with the bell on top yeah yeah, it's yeah it looks no like joke. porcelain yeah it's it's good and it's yeah. i don't i don't know how much it is for a bottle but it's not uh, cheap. about a buck fifty yeah, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. P. Woods um, got shit going on down there in the chuck. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't mess around. He he knows like his it. tequila, and th- and it is good. Like you can definitely just sip it like we sip on bourbon for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten into the tequila. I don't mind tequila. Um, yeah. I'll have a, I'll have a nice te- margarita on the rocks with some some Mexican, but yeah, tequila can, and soda. I, I'm not sure I could tell you the differences of a, of a bunch of them, you know, like I do, I can tell with bourbon, but yeah. So the drink that I got on, I actually had one earlier tonight. Uh, it's a uh, ranch water. It's what they call it. Not the, not the seltzers, the ranch water seltzers, but tequila with Topo Chico on top, Topo Chico, Topo Chico, redneck. I call it Topo Chico. Um, that and a squeeze of lime. Topo Chico. Yeah. Topo Chico. <laughs> Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Um, I, I didn't realize how long it takes to produce the agave fruit. Like I, I it is a fruit, I guess, isn't it? Um, plant is all plant. I know. Yeah. What, what, I mean, the, the, the agave nectar. Whatever they, yeah. So, I mean, but I guess to, to, for the tree to mature enough to where they can make tequila out of it takes a long time. Yeah. So that's that's why I guess people are running through this tequila so much. It's they're I don't want to say they're running out of the the plants, but it sounds like they're not as plentiful as they were. So the 
like that's why the the prices are kind of going through the roof and the, it's the i mean part of it's the demand but i i just didn't realize oh. it it took so long for the 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 tree to start producing i guess the right the right amount yeah throughout covid i mean i think we saw prices go through the roof on a lot of things and a lot of those prices have stayed where they are they figured yeah. out people are still buying it at that price so they keep it up there tequila's no uh no exception yeah, yeah. it's good shit though we'll just go um all right i'm gonna do a little little golf talk since this is the emerging nine golf podcast talk a oh, we can, or we can just keep Hold talking on, before we get into that before we get into that <laughs> look i was looking over some of these lou gehrig's uh oh, that's here I had someone at the club coming to me and like, hey, Mike, have you looked at Babe Ruth's stats? I was like, get the fuck out of the golf shop. Fucking great. Yeah, his uh, stats, his stats were really good because he was oh, playing Babe against Ruth. plumbers. I said Eric. That's right, it was Babe Ruth. Yeah. He was playing against plumbers. He can only you can only be as good as who you're playing against. But anyway. Jeez. We'll, we'll table that for at least 15 more minutes and then we'll we'll, we'll dive back in, in a little All bit. Right, let's get into some golf. <laughs> Everybody is dying to discuss Matt Kuchar coming back to life at the QBE shootout this past weekend. I'm sorry. You know, what? And I've got uh, good cable packages. Even I didn't see that shit. No, I didn't either. I, I saw like three holes actually replayed today in the golf shop. Uh, the QBE shootout. Tom Hoagie and Sahith Thagala, uh, your winners. Thagala birdie on 18 over Charlie Hoffman and, and Ryan Palmer. Uh just nice to see RP up near the lead again. Now, Nelly Corda, top five finish with Denny McCarthy. She's legit. Kinda, that was kind of cool to see. She's playing the men's yeah. tees. Her and Lexi played the, in the field of playing the men's tees. That, that was that was really cool, actually. Yeah. And I, mean, I hope that I actually hope that makes more more uh, women play in this tournament. And or you know, and and I well, think it's going to be co-ed next year. It, it, oh, they did every every that. team's going to be co-ed next year. That's awesome. That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, people are going to be dying to pair up with Nelly Corda. Oh, yeah. Danny or, McCarthy better lock her down now for next, next year. Multiple, probably multiple reasons. There's a, <laughs> there's a joke there, but I'm going to let that slide. I'm going to let that go right past. I mean, Jay's over here lobbing grapefruits for strikes, and I'm just letting them pass. All right. <laughs> she's, as I would say, with my wife's around, she's pretty cool. She's cool. Pretty yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So, uh, no, we, I think most people want to talk about the match. So, did you guys watch it Saturday night under the lights, seven o'clock? I watch highlights of it. Uh, yeah. we had the golf cart parade with the kids and couldn't, couldn't watch it. But the highlights I saw were mainly Tiger highlights, which is what everyone really tuned in to see, regardless. Um, it seems like he is going to hit a cut without question, which makes sense. Can't fire into that left side like you, like you once could. Um, he's still creating 178 ball speed uh, on the regular. So, you know, he's approaching that 180 mark. So he still has the speed to, you know, be or to, it's a better way to play it, to be competitive. But without being able to walk the golf course, it's, he's he's just never going to quite be there. Um, I thought some of the things that he did gave us hope, but he still didn't look sharp. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't look near the tiger of what we're used to seeing. And I think some of that, has to come from some rust and some injury. I mean, we can't ignore uh, the reality of his situation and the fact that we're even watching him hit a golf ball is an absolute blessing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, on the backside of that, I like the fact that the match did something a little different. They played it under the lights, which I will say looked very tough, by the way. 
Um, that's, that's something that you know, we just don't do a lot here in the States. I've seen it um, some over in Asia, some in the, a lot in the uh, desert, the, in the Middle East. Yeah. Dubai, they have seen, a ton of that stuff. That's exactly right. Yeah. I've, I've seen where that exists elsewhere. I think that that's unique. I think it's something that we should see maybe a little bit more of. I think, quite frankly, it's a public attraction, and we should see more golf courses. Uh, I would love. To, I mean, I would love to play under the lights. Are you kidding night. me? Let's go out at nine o'clock with the boys, play nine holes with a couple of beers. That sounds that's like awesome. an incredibly fun time. It sounds like a terrible idea as a club professional has to run a facility. Awful idea. <laughs> You're gonna love the revenue that's created out of off of it. You're absolutely going to love it, Mike. You know, you keep the it's pro going to be just wonderful. Be great. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're running cards in the dark at 1 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> just be fantastic. Uh, I'm not uh, sure what revenue you're talking about because divorces are expensive. And so. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I, all I'm saying is that it is it is cool to see us or I, I say us. I shouldn't say us. I, I, I would. I'm phrasing that as if you know, I'm a part of the American contingent of golf which i feel like to a certain extent i am but at the same time it, it's unique to see the something that's not necessarily pga tour sanctioned but something that features pga tour players and still is gaining that same audience or they're trying to attract that same audience do something a little different i think there needs to be a little bit more of that um i think ultimately the one club hole i mean why not change it up i i like that let's let's see these guys play in some different formats um i thought it was unique i think this still leaves something to be desired, but I think it's closer to being on the right track than it has maybe ever been. So I watched every minute of it. Um, my wife was on, on a girl's night. And so I had the kids and I put them to bed and I had recorded the beginning of it and just kind of started from the beginning and was fast forward to commercials and all that kind of stuff. And I was in, entertained. I enjoyed it. I, I don't think it was unbelievable. It wasn't like can't miss TV. I don't think it ever will be can't miss TV. The format, like it, it, it just can't get that pumped up about it. Like no, me, you it's, can't. It's it's yeah. an ex, it's an exhibition. It's goofy. It's fun. I loved it under the lights. I think yes. I think it was very challenging for those guys to play under the lights. Uh, yeah. the the depth perception and the shadows and the dew on the ground that was developing at night. It was just tough for them. I enjoyed yeah. it. You know, they're not they're not comedians. You know, everyone's expecting them to just like nonstop cut each other up and be funny and like they're just regular guys. It's it's a lot of the stuff you hear every day when you go play golf. You hear a lot of the same things, and it's, so it's not like it's completely innovative from that standpoint. Like I said, I, like I said last week, I did like that it was four legit golfers. I yeah. don't, I don't, because they, they hit some good shots and you they hit some different shots they ever really would try in a normal competition. And so that was fun because they could pull them off. I, I, you know, I don't really care to see Steph Curry hit a golf ball. Like I said last week, I don't care to see Michael Jordan hit a golf ball. I want to see good golfers play golf. I want to see good basketball players play basketball, you know? And so I thought it was entertaining. Um, Catherine Tappan I, did not bring much from her on course reporting, I would have much rather them see them put a, a smiley Kaufman uh, touchdown for the Patriots. Um, I'd rather them see, <laughs> see a smiley Kaufman or a peer of some sort, or Ricky Fowler or someone like that. That's buddies with all of them that can, can, can kind of set the stage and like make fun of them a little bit. Yeah. Cause you know, JT did that in the second match when it was Manning and Brady with Phil and, 
Tiger. And I thought actually JT did a great job. For, Except he couldn't he could not cuss the whole time. Like he yeah, was, he had a hard time like, with that. The whole time it was like they were, they were bleeping out the commentator because he couldn't stop cussing. <laughs> but like to have another player like walk up to someone. I remember JT did it with Phil around a greenside shot, and they kind of walk through it. How are you going to hit it? And you know that would be a little more interesting. And then also just jab at him and rib him a little bit. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You know that that's where I kind of see the from a it's entertainment, right? This is a production. And so yeah. that's kind of how I saw. It. But at the end of the day, the one club thing was cool. Um, on Tiger, I think Tiger's done. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the Tiger's done. Uh, once I saw him, set he up has a chance at winning is on the Champions Tour. Yeah, that's the only chance he has of winning. 100%. And if we just look at what we saw this past year, it got progressively worse. Right, Masters made the cut, played four rounds. Made the cut PGA, but WD after the third round, then misses the cut, and now he's just a shell of himself. Uh, when I saw him on the very first tee set up with the high right shoulder, high right arm, shoulders wide open, I'm like, mm. all right, here comes the slap cut all night. That's all he's got. And yeah, the the speeds were impressive. You know, he was hanging with those guys all night, 177, 178, ball speed. But not when you're swinging from right to left, like six or seven degrees. Yeah, not when you're slapping it like that. And yeah. and then he just doesn't have the feel and the touch to hit the other shots because he doesn't play in practice as much as he used to, you know. Yeah. And so that that part was disappointing. Uh, Rory was pretty disappointing. Um, to me, I don't know. He doesn't seem that into it. I don't know. He had a couple of good jabs, and you eh. know, funny and funny comments, but. Eh. Um, that thing was set up for JT. He thrives in that environment. Absolutely. Yeah. He played his ass off. I don't know. He had four, maybe five birdies. He had a couple of really cool shots out there. You know, Spieth did his thing a couple of times. And yeah, like I said, I enjoyed it. I don't think any, I would tell anyone it was can't miss TV. Like, oh my God, you didn't watch that. But if you did sit down on Saturday, I, th- I think you probably enjoyed what you watched. And I, I do think there'll be more iterations of it, but it's better than where it was, I'll say. I mean, I think it's only because Tiger was playing. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's where, that's where if it were, yeah, if it were Rory and JT and Spieth and somebody else, I mean, I wouldn't even have turned on the TV. And that's nothing against those guys; they're great players. But I don't need to watch them play like a you know a money game. Like only reason people watch is because they got a chance to see Tiger and they haven't seen him in a year. That was it. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, even if he, they don't care what version of Tiger. I just want to see what he's doing. You know, I want to see him, see if he plays great. I want to see him if he struggles. I mean, you know, I just want to watch every every shot. So I, other than that, like I said, if, if he's not playing in it, then this, the whole match thing, like you said, they're not comedians. The format's not great. Like, I, I don't, they've tried a bunch of different things. It's just, I it's that's not appealing, you know, unless it's somebody like Tiger that you have never you haven't seen in a while. Like I could see myself watching Michael Jordan just because we don't get to see him play golf. So it's like, what what's the draw? You know, I, I don't know. They they I think they would have to do something completely different than that if Tiger wasn't playing. You'd have to do it should be like a skills challenge or something crazy that's different. Make the make the guys uncomfortable, you know. I think that's I don't I actually don't mind watching this. NBA players play play golf sometimes um, or other athletes play golf because I like to see how they handle it. Um, I'm not saying I want to watch, you know, those guys play another sport, but 
maybe in their in their respected sport do something that's outside of the norm rather than just playing golf like make them you know hit some crazy shots and see how they play them and you know challenge them a little bit just to see something different than what we see you know day to day on the golf course but like i said I, I think the only reason people tuned in was just because tiger was playing but that's just yeah that's, i would i would love to see a skills challenge i i think yeah. I, i'm not quite sure the general public understands how good these guys are mm-hmm. until you can sort of see them do some of these things. Like people were wowed by like JT's on the last hole. They played the 10th hole. JT hit that like snap hook wedge just really for shits and giggles because the match was essentially over after speed had just stuffed it from the pine straw. Right. He hits this big yeah. snap hook wedge and the ball curls all the way down there with a the slope to a couple feet and, Tiger in the one club challenge at that big snap hook five iron to try to get more out of it. And then that's cool. Um, that stuff's kind of cool, right? And, and Rory hits one under those trees and, and hooks it on the par five, you know, with the three wood. And so some cool shots there. I, I think if the public could see them hit these different shots, they really don't have to hit that often yeah. or, or even really sometimes they, they could hit them. They just don't try it in competition. Just because it's not necessary. They go with a higher percentage. Correct, yeah. So I think if they could see that, it would actually impress these people a little more. So if you'd end from a production standpoint, it's probably easier if they're all just kind of sitting in one spot. Yeah. You know, from a TV production standpoint, it's easier versus having four guys in four different areas and their own different golf carts and trying to get cameras and the audio and know who's talking to who, which is awkward in the match because they can all hear what's going on. And then you got... You know, Brian Anderson, the host, and then you got Barkley doing his thing, and then Trevor Illman trying to give actual, you know, insight on a shot, and then Rory's responding, and it gets a little chaotic with a lot of voices. Yeah. Sometimes as a viewer, you're like, wait, who who's talking? I can't hear yeah. what's going on. But um, I would love, I would love to see a skills challenge. I think that would be cool with these guys. I, I agree. The one thing I also thought was unique is that, you know, they lit up the golf course in the fairways, the tee boxes and the greens. There were a couple spots where these guys hit those, uh, those shots from that was dark. Yeah. Know, they hit the drive a little bit out of play and they're over there trying to figure out tiger at one point goes, yeah, I can't pick up anything in my range finder. And yeah. that, <laughs> that's, that's certainly a unique uh, situation for those guys. But I think it's also something to where maybe they'll learn say, Hey, we might need to light up a little right of this fairway. We might need well, to they had up, that. up a couple other. They had a rolling spotlight on one of the carts. And so if one of those guys hit it, it but all that was really do was just shining on the golf ball. Yeah. And then around it was really dark. Yeah. Like that, that one crazy. par five in particular that Rory was on, they had it just shining right on his golf ball. So he could see his golf ball, but he couldn't really make out the trees that were in front of him. And yeah, it was, um, it was good. I mean, I think there was a couple, there was a couple few good one liners and zingers. Um, Back and forth, I liked when they were talking about uh, someone's calves, and they asked Tiger, and he's like, "Yeah, I got a great calf, <laughs> just a great calf because this one's mangled." I mean, has anybody seen pictures of his of his leg? I I haven't seen anything yet. I mean, I know no. I don't think it was obviously wasn't as as severe as Alex Smith's you know leg uh, after after all that after his crazy injury and then infection and so forth. But people have said that it's it's not right. Like it's yeah. like I've seen it. They say that it's a little mis misshaped. 
Um, yeah, it's there's just, been a couple of pictures of him in shorts and he's wearing one of those compression sleeves, sleeves. over the leg. Yeah, and it looks like it's almost like more bowed, like yeah. the shape of his leg has changed. And yeah, I, I can't imagine there's much muscle definition there, muscle. if any. Very little muscle. Yeah. You know, and then I thought the biggest zinger of the night was uh, BA, the host there, when he's like, Oh, yeah, sorry, guys, I forgot to tell you that uh, Tiger Strokes here. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. <laughs> oh man it's yeah it is it's it is just a bummer to watch it just he, yeah. i mean for somebody who was such a, a dominant figure for so long i mean you know that that that's not sustainable i mean obviously you know what what do we i know you everyone saw the the text message they were talking about you know rory's had has been number one for you know roughly a hundred hundred weeks or whatever uh, in his career. And if he, if he wanted to eclipse Tiger's record of over 600 weeks at number one, he'd have to be, uh, he'd have to be number one from now until 2030. You know, I mean, that's just, no, that's even, it's even worse than that. I don't know where my phone is. It's even longer than that. I thought is what it was. I think it was, I thought it was 2030, but um, I think they said if he's, he's number one between now and 2030, he's still like 200 weeks behind Tiger. Yeah, I believe that's correct. I think it was like 185 behind him. Um, it was Justin Ray who had the stat on Twitter. Either way, it's it, yeah, seeming fine. It's it's pretty pretty incredible. Um, yeah, it says here current world number one Rory McIlroy has the fourth most weeks all time as uh, a number one at 113. If he remained number one from now through the middle of January 2030, he would still be 200 weeks shy of Tiger's record of 683 weeks at number one. Stupid. That is that is. And now, now, I mean, you go back and read stats like this. That's that's why people want to watch him at 47 on one leg play in a stupid match. You know, that's why we all tune in because of because of that. What was the one I texted you, Jay? I actually meant to text the, the group chat, but I just texted you. Um, it was the strokes gain uh, statistic. Yeah, that was gosh, that was that was incredible, too. Um yeah, the, his the, the the those stats of him um, was it in the year two thousand. How good he was, just all all around. Yeah, it says, you know, how good was Tiger in two thousand? Uh, if you take the leader of twenty twenty two in each of the strokes gained category, uh, strokes gained categories, uh, off the tee, John Rahm one point zero three strokes gain, uh, approach Zalatoris one point zero six, around the green, Kuchar point five two. Uh, and then Herbert uh, putting is 0.85. You add them up, you've got 3.46 per uh, strokes gained per round. In 2000, Tiger Green gained 3.83 strokes <laughs> per round. <laughs> he was the best in every category by far. I mean, it's just nuts. Silly. Just nuts. silly, silly statistics. Nuts. Nothing yeah. like Babe Ruth statistics. <laughs> nothing, nothing like it. I mean, the Babe Ruth statistics were pretty dominant. I mean, when he hit 60 home runs, the next closest guy was like 20 something. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. It's very yeah, because he, he was a, and he was he, drinking bourbon and smoking a cigar the whole time. I mean, how incredible is that? Yeah, because the guy had a paper route the next morning. I mean, you know, hey, the guy was a, installing a hot water heater. Yeah, yeah. he was a pizza I mean, delivery guy after the game. Well, th- these are the best athletes in the world he, for baseball. <laughs> That's how good they were. He was just that much better. <laughs> oh, man. So here's a question for you. And 
that we were just talking about this before the show. So for all of our listeners out there, if you hadn't seen, it's been making the waves around the golf world and social media. Everyone who listens to this podcast has played in a four-person scramble before. Who would win? Tiger, Rory, Jordan, and Justin as a four-person team versus this team. And I don't even know what state it was in that turned <laughs> in a in Alabama that turned in a 46. Who wins? I mean, well, like I said. According to them, they said bring anyone. They said bring anyone. The, the guy said we do this every day. He said we do this all the time. Bring it. And I'm like, okay. I'm sure he's getting a bunch of uh, a bunch of flack for that. Is the most criminal thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, how do you show back up at the fucking golf course? I mean, these yeah. guys are now known. I mean, this thing backfired on them so bad. It's not even funny. And the guy, <laughs> all of their names are announced. I mean, Jordan Goins can go nowhere without it being known that he was on that team. And it's the first name that was listed. So it's the first one in my head. Cause I just remember the, <laughs> the pro yelling it out and laughing the whole time. But it's just like, man, that I feel like that kind of backfired on you. Um, I mean, honestly, once you're labeled, you know, a cheater, I don't want to say cheater, but yeah, once you're labeled, <laughs> that's a what cheater, they're labeled. I'm not calling them that. I'm just saying that's yeah, what they're labeled as. But that's what they're labeled because it they, they it seems so ridiculous that it was like, well, wow. I mean, if it, they had just won by a couple, they would have been like, okay, maybe you had a great day. But when you win by, by that many and and shoot 46, I mean, that's. That's I don't know incredible. how many mulligans they may have had, but or yeah. throws, chips, kick-ins. I, I, I don't know all of that, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But with all of that being said, a hole-in-one on a par four and a double eagle on a par five on the same nine, it just... They played the par fives and nine under. That's yeah, pretty good. I mean, they also had another eagle on a par four. They must, they had to have been getting some, uh, literally everything that you just named McLean. I'm pretty sure they had some, they had some mulligans, they had string, they had throws, they had tosses. I think they had kicks, ladies you know, tee option, ladies tee option, whatever they, they had it all. A big eraser. A big eraser. <laughs> I mean, the scorecard uh, did look questionable. There was X's outs. There were it just, it, it was not a clean scorecard, to say the very least. It was signed. It was a, there was a signature. No marker scorecard here. I'm looking at it. Um, yeah. The marker was the other guy on his team. So here's a real question. What do you think that foursome would shoot? The, the Tiger, Rory, Jordan, and JT. What do they shoot in a scramble? Legit scramble. I mean, I was thinking they shoot 2,200. Yeah. I mean, if I would think if it's a, if it's a, if it's a tour course, like where I, I don't think it really would even matter. Um, but if it, I think if they can get to all the par fives, it, I would wouldn't surprise me if they shot twenty two hundred par. Yeah, I mean, but let's let's just let's bring this back for one second because Jay, I know you've done it a lot too. I've played in a lot of scrambles with a lot of good players. Yeah, good guys. There's almost always one or two holes that we don't convert. It just yeah. ends up happening. Now I'm not yeah. saying the you know four of the greatest players in the world are going to miss four chances, but it's, it's, yeah, you're right. It happens. I mean, four, you can, four regular guys birdie every hole, Eagle, a bunch of others, a hole in one and an albatross. Yeah. No, we've already established. They can't beat these guys. These guys are, they're yeah. in another league. They're in another <laughs> these league. Guys are the, best. <laughs> the best of the best. That's exactly right. But you're, you're right though. I mean that you have to, that's 2200 par um, on a, you know, on a, 
a legit golf course, not something where there's, you know, you know, a bunch of 280 yard par fours where the, you know, they're the, the, this group, Tiger, Rory, Justin, and Jordan, they'd be hitting three woods on the green, you know, so that would be a different, different story, but a legit golf course where, you know, they really have to hit a driver and head a wedge in. And then, you know, if on par fives, they have to, uh, you know, driver three wood or long iron and, and try to convert a putt. And the, the trick always is the par threes. I always feel like those are the ones that, that really get you, you know, cause you can have, you have a 200 yard par, par three and we've talked about this you can be all these guys can be the best six six iron five iron players in the world and nobody hits it closer than 20 feet and that's a good shot that's a great you shot. Know, from two from 200 yards and four guys again for the best players putters on tour it's not that difficult for four guys to miss a 20 footer you know not at all so i mean it's not yeah i mean it's it's not a guarantee by any means but if there were a group of group of guys that would do it, I would probably put those guys up at the top. This speaking of a pizza delivery guy, that's exactly what this guy looks like. This guy in the red that's made all the. I'm not sure which this guy's name was in this team, but he's the one that every time you Google it or show a picture of this this guy in the red with the shirt untucked and the he's the one that pops up. Yeah, a little more rotund guy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean he. Needless to say, they did not stick around for drinks. <laughs> I don't know. You think they would have spent their shop credit or something? You know, well, the best part is you hear the entire crowd just start going bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> and it was like a bad call at a college basketball game. It was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, forty six. Like now, we're, I I have run a lot of scrambles in my day, and I can honestly say I've never seen anything like that. In all my years of doing it, and I, I don't know if we just maybe because we have caddies in our groups, I don't know that it's harder to cheat, harder to cheat, or they don't. But like I've never, I, I, maybe I've one played, or two scorecards I've looked at over all the years, and I'm like, hmm, man, that's questionable. I've played in, I, I've played in some where we've shot, you know, twenty two, twenty three under par. But again, you know, these are tournaments with string and like it's it's not even golf it's it's silly it's like okay now you're like if if you've got like a 20 footer for eagle you're like hey somebody can you just lag it up to an inch you know who cares about making it and we can just cut the string off and use that i'm like what what are we doing this isn't this is not golf you know it's it's kind of silly in my opinion so i'm not a big fan of all i mean i understand maybe one give every group one mulligan or something like that one team mulligan I mean that's kind of fair, but like all the other stuff is is kind of silly, because then you kind of lose track of like who really won here. Did did the best team of golfers win, or was it like you know it's the people who can who can stretch that string a little further, or they they got a better one guy's got a better arm can throw it a hundred yards. You know, <laughs> like that's yeah. weird. Well, that's always just like golf in general. I feel nowadays, at least yeah. at, at the at the cash game level, it's are we playing golf or are we gambling? Did I just get out gambled or? So I get out golfed. Yeah, a lot of times it's just out gambling. Joys and a hat in the pro shop. <laughs> I've been a part of both. I've I've been a part of both. I've been down and just keep pressing and pressing and pressing until I finally went home. I'm like, hey, we're we're even. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of people who don't like that. But I've been on the same side where I've been lighting people up, and then they keep taking zeros and doubling, doubling, and they make just a birdie keep, on the last hole. Keep and I'm like throwing throwing bets at it. Yeah. But then what, you know, if you're the guy who's playing well and you're, and you're up, you're like, why would you not take the bet? You're like, oh yeah, I'm playing good. And then, yeah. but I'm always, 
I've never been a big fan of taking a bunch of O's at the end for a chance to, if I'm up a bunch, I'll give you a chance to, to break even, but I hate when you're up, you know, a couple hundred bucks and you, and you lose 200 bucks on one hole. Like uh, that's, that's stupid. That's where, that's where Wolf gets kind of crazy. You can, you know, play great and, you know, you can play great. Just five, six under par. And, and then on the bat, be on the bad side on the last hole. And you're like, what just happened? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Happened to me yesterday. Played well, lost money. I was like, what the fuck just happened to me? Why am I taking money out of my wallet? Nice. You played yesterday? I did play yesterday. Did you shoot? 60 what? Nine. You did shoot 69. I did. Nice. Nice. Six birdies. Hole out on 18 out of the bunker for a birdie and lost money. So, yeah, it's great. Awesome. And you hold out on a. On the 18th hole out of the bunker, there's some trash right there. No, nah, we weren't playing any trash. It's birdies. <sighs> Who are you playing with? The usuals. Not the, not the, the right group. <laughs> it was our big money cash game that we have at the at the club. Yeah. I was on the wrong side of it. Mm. Got out gambled. Good playing, though. <laughs> Bad partners and got out gambled. Lost it on the first tee, you know? Who are your partners? Or do you, well, are you? I'm not going to call them out on this podcast. They know who they are. <laughs> ah, love they it. They know who they are. They know who they are. <laughs> so, um, anything else regarding Tiger, the match, the cheating group shooting 46? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I'm on Tiger, though, man. I just, I would love to see him just find a way to compete just enough to watch him for a couple more years, especially in the majors, like the big tournaments. But you're right though. It's not, it doesn't look good. doesn't look like he really can compete Um, mainly because like we said, he just can't make it around the golf course to even play and, and build up his stamina and build up his, uh, his endurance, not just from like just walking the golf course, but just like playing in a tournament, playing in a tournament setting. Like he's just, he, he's, he's going to continually stay rusty because he can't play in tournaments because of, of his yeah. leg. And that's the, that's the shitty part. What, um, do we, it, what do we know about leg transplants though? I mean, with this guy's income level and his current <laughs> bank account, his financial stature, are we not able to make this work? If, Let's if get my this leg was leg. long I'll enough, I'd donate GoFundMe. it. I'll start a GoFundMe right now for Tigers. Movement. I would donate mine if I could, but it's not long enough. He'd be walking in circles with my leg. He wouldn't be able to. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't be able to fire into your left side with that thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> that would be a little, that would be a reverse weight shift if I've ever He'd seen. He'd have to have like a very closed stance with my leg, adding but, on to his other leg. But let's, let's listen to where we're at, though. With today's modern age technology and his financial ability, this is the best we can do slap cuts. I, I I do question, like, I don't think that a weak right leg is a guarantee that you have to hit slap cuts. I think that's just. Well, the left knee's like, been toast before he fucked up the right leg. Left knee's toast too. But like, I, I still, I still think there's that he can, he can work around that. I think he's just comfortable hitting that shot, I, but I think he's got to push past it. I'm in my opinion. I, I agree with Jay a little bit. I think he could. Just kind of go uh, ultra passive, lower body, let the club face close faster. Yeah. You know, I mean, he'll just square. He just set up square. Why? I don't know why he has set up that open. He doesn't. I don't think he has to do that. I, I don't think that's, 
I don't think the cut is a product as much of his leg as more of it's a mental thing. Like, yeah, because he was doing that before we got injured when he was yeah. kind of playing poorly. He was just like, I'm going to resort to this because I can hit it and play. I can kind of hit it and play, but it's like it puts him at such a disadvantage. I feel like, yeah. But it was it was a it was a like a tough eighteen hours. I watched Tiger in that thing, and I'm just like, oh, man, he's done. Like, I can't watch this anymore. And then I put on the Buccaneers game and I watched Tom Brady go down 35 nothing in his hometown all, playing San all Fran. The are, all the greats are fading. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, he's done too. So that <laughs> kind of sucked. But yeah, it was, I don't know. I, again, I'll watch, like I, we said a few weeks ago, I'll watch Target go grocery shopping. I don't care. I'll watch him do whatever just to see the guy. But it is just disheartening. You're so used to a guy just peering it, you know, making the shots, hitting a hitting a shot when he needs to, making a putt when he needs to. Always. And to yeah. just not have that anymore. And he's still going to go out there. He's going to go through the motions. But I almost would rather him not, you know. Yeah. I don't want to see him shoot 76 in the opening round of Augusta, you know. <laughs> that's that's um, not fun. That's not Watch. fun. Yeah. Not fun. So. um. All right, let's let's have a little live discussion. We haven't talked much live. Their season's over. Not much news. I actually thought there'd be way more live news. I thought they would just kind of keep this PR train moving and press releases and saying a bunch of stupid shit. And even, you know, Norman there has settled down with his interviews. Maybe he's given them to every person that's ever requested them already, so he can't do any more. But so the New York Times did a large um, I guess investigative reporting um, as it relates to some of the, the discovery in these lawsuits and say how they have some confidential records that kind of show what the Saudis and Live Golf were trying to do in their ambitions going back a couple years. And basically, to sum it up, they almost knew they're getting into kind of a losing when I say losing from a from a revenue standpoint, they were not going to hit the marks they needed to hit to make this profitable. And they knew they were taking a shot in the dark here. And it was called uh, Codename Project Wedge. <laughs> they couldn't come up with anything better. Well, these are the same people that came up with Live Golf. So I guess I shouldn't be <laughs> too shocked that they came up with Project Wedge. Lower your expectations. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I don't know. It, it, you read more of it, Jay, after I sent it to you guys and, and forgot to read it. But, you know, the, these guys are saying that they had to, this consulting group from New York, uh, what the hell's her name? McKinsey, McKinsey and Company? Yes. They have worked with a bunch of authoritative, uh, authoritative governments in the past. And Saudis hire them to look into, like, hey, this is our idea. This is what we want to do. Is it a worthwhile venture? And they told them they had to to get, you know, the top 12 players in golf, but not as you would think. It's kind of weird. They don't classify, at least in this article, what the top 12 players are, not just the top 12 in the world, because yeah. they included Phil, Tiger, Henrik Stenson, Henrik Stenson, Sergio. You know, they only got four of the 12, they said, and that's Phil, DJ, Henrik Stenson, and Sergio. And so I don't know what, 
this list of 12, what they were going off of, what their criteria was to say, hey, you need to get these 12 guys. I know Tiger and Rory were in there. And, you know, they're saying, yeah, you need to get TV deals and this and that. And so I don't know. It just, it just, it, to me, it sounds like more and more they knew they were going to lose money off this. And to me, it's just more and more a political play than it is about golf or money. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and they kind of, they kind of touch on that in this, in this article, but just they, they, I mean, I'll, I'll quote it. They said, not, their their goal was to make themselves legitimate in the eyes of decision makers and governments around the world. That that was kind of their goal of of, of trying to put themselves on the map. Uh, so, I mean, I think we kind of all said that from the beginning. Like it's it's they're finding a way to kind of disrupt, uh, you know, the standard uh, across the world in terms of sports, and they're doing that in a, in a way to try to give themselves some legitimacy again. Um, with some of the other uh, the governments in, across the across the world, so I don't know. I, I don't I don't blame them for trying to do it, but I, at the same time, it's it's it doesn't really like like we've said, it doesn't really help us to watch to watch it if it's not uh, it's not entertaining. Like again, you, you, they made they went through went to the McKinsey this McKinsey group to come up with these 12, 12 names. They say the best names in golf. Um, I don't really know who these people are and who's attached to this or uh, this organization, but I mean, only got they, four. They only got four, but I mean, I, you know, I don't know. They've got Cam Smith, who is arguably the best player in the world at the time that they got him. Yeah, so he's not so, on their list of the top. He, I guess this was two thousand. This was twenty one when they were yeah. doing this, so Cam wasn't. A he world was definitely in the point. top ten in the world, though. You know, yeah, and he's and he's not a U.S. player. He's a he's. A, I I feel like they put. I, I think there was definitely some spin on the, the the. I guess the 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 global look on some of these players. And you look at Henrik Stenson as a major champion, older player, but has Ryder more Cup of a captain. Ryder Cup captain, and that was probably part of it um, because he was going to be. You know, he's planning on being the Ryder Cup, but not anymore, obviously. But um, you know, who are these names that are going to be able to shake things up? So they. Again, they use they use the the term best players. I don't did they say best players in the world or top twelve? So it just said world's top twelve players, but that makes yeah. it sound like you're going by the world rankings, which is and not that's definitely not. No, they're thinking. not. They're talking about the twelve most influential, which is yeah. why Phil and Sergio were on that list. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's more of a, a you know a worldly view of how many people know these players. I mean, and people know who Sergio is. I know he's kind of fallen off as he's gotten older, but he's people know who he is around the world. Especially um, and same thing for Phil Mickelson. <laughs> so this is sorry, I'm kind of glancing through this this article. They're going to try to host the Asian Winter Games in 2029. Is Saudi Arabia in Asia? Am I missing Saudi, Do I need a geography? Saudi lesson? Arabia in the desert is going to try to host the Asian Winter Games in 2029. They're going to build a ski resort as part of the MBS's, what is it, like Vision 2030. He's trying to build the whole city, which I think they already gave up on. Anyways, some of this stuff is a little little out there and wild. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and as we talked about earlier, I mean, their, their goal is to set these standards like to almost to unreachable uh, levels, knowing that's well, the only way that they can, they can run a profit. That that's where he looked at. I was like, yeah, if you can pull all of this off, this is a hundred percent a profitable, um, 
opportunity for you. But the reach, what they're looking well, for is pretty much unrealistic. I mean, I just don't think that you can generate what they were looking for, especially not in the interim. And I don't know that they're able to do it before they run out of money. Not that they will, not that the the Saudi you know sovereign fund or public sovereign fund, whatever it is, is going to run out of money, but it's how long that they want to keep dumping it into there with it being a pure loss. I know the guy right now running, it's a big golf fan, but eventually he's not going to be there. Eventually um, there's going to be enough pressure from other people saying that this is, we, we are literally throwing billions of dollars away. How often are they, how long are they going to stand in it? And it doesn't surprise me and won't surprise me at all when they pull out quickly. I mean, it's, it's one of those situations where I think they're just going to drop funding and cancel the next week's event and they'll just be done with it. They don't give a shit. You know, no, I mean that's what that's what their history suggests that they've done on without question. a bunch of these projects on MBS's um, Vision 2030 is he'll just decide we'll wake up one day. No, we're done. Okay, wrap Not it working. up. And there's buildings sitting over there that are just half built. There's, there's a city over there just half built, and they just packed up and left and said, "No, we're done. We're good. Yeah, thanks. We don't see the investment working. We've already put enough into this. We're going to just cut bait now, which they could easily just do." And I, that's where I ultimately see this ending. I don't know if it's two, three, or four years down the line. I mean, like I said, I, and I'm, I'm not going back on the fact that I'm a fan of it, but I just don't see it. I don't see it being a long-term deal. I think it's a it's a great opportunity for some guys to grab some cash while they have the opportunity to. But I think eventually this this thing does not have legs. Uh, <laughs> Do you think these guys that are on Live read this article and like? Hmm. This isn't great. Maybe I made a bad no. decision. Is this gonna? No. 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 I don't think they say no, that at all. No, I think not they, when they're they, on their private jet with their hot wife on the way to the uh, Bahamas. <laughs> no, I, I think they're pretty good with it. They're like, yeah, this thing might not last, but I don't even need to play golf anymore. So I mean, I think the guys who who went are really don't care about like the legacy of of winning tournaments. Like that's not that's just not high on their list. They play golf because they're good at it and they can make money. I mean, we we I think if you look at the the group of guys that that I use the word defected, but the, most of those guys are like, hey, yeah, I'm good at golf, and they're going to offer me this much money to go do that. Oh, this is crazy, you know. And they're they're not really concerned with you know the legacy of the PJ Tour and the history of winning majors. I mean, I know that they would like to win those because that was the biggest thing at the time um, when they were still playing, but. They're, the the money is outweighing the, the legacy, so to speak, and and they're okay with it. Whereas you look at somebody like Justin and Rory, that's very important to them. Like when they grew up, that was the most important thing. Rory, I don't think, I don't think Rory ever cared about money. I think he knew, like, hey, if I just go play the golf that I know how to play and and, and try to win majors, I'm going to make a ton of money, which he's doing. Um, so, but you can see what's important to him, where his values lie, and and I actually, I, honestly, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying I think they both have different views of what's important to them. So I don't, I don't see those guys, most of them, looking back saying, oh, this is a bad move." You know, this tour could fold in the next year because they they they're set for all the almost all those guys, the top guys anyway. They're set. They could really not play ever again and be fine. Well, and that's my whole thing is that if money was not a part of the game the top 100 in the world would look a lot different than it currently does. Mm-hmm. That That's all I'll say at the end of the day. There are guys that care about legacies. There are guys mm-hmm. that care about, um, you know, winning certain events for the prestige. Yep. But at the end of the day, the reason that a lot of these guys get there and at the same time, we also got to think about what it takes to get there with all the people that are in their ear. It, it, it's a, it's a lot to even get there. 
And there are a lot of people that would be in these guys' ears, especially parents, coaches. They, hey, you know, I, I love what you're doing. You're an incredible player, but you know, there's really no financial benefit to doing this. You, you, you've got to find a job as well to help, you know, pay the bills to be able for you to even go play golf. And we would see some players that continue that are there now that would still be there, but the, the list would be a much different list. I mean, just the second paragraph of this article, a new Saudi league would need to sign each of the world's top 12 golfers. Again, we don't know what that exactly means. Attract sponsors to an unproven product and land television deals for a sport with a declining viewership. All without significant retaliation from the PGA Tour, it would be plundering. See, I, I was curious about that. They they mentioned declining viewership. Like, what are they basing that off of? Like, where are those ratings? I think they're just saying the world of golf, golf viewership in the last few years is going down, not up. So they're saying you're trying to start, you're you're doing a startup in a declining industry. Essentially, is what they're trying to say. Yeah, and I mean, I, I understand that, but I, I'm I'm wondering what where are those numbers coming from, and why are you considering it declining? How much is it declining? Is that what does it have to? I mean, I would think I'm sure they're just going off of TV ratings, which you just, can just TV ratings. Like, I'm assuming when it says declining golf viewership. and golf in general in the last two years has has been booming. So I, I, that's what I'm well, wondering. It said, it said land a television deal for a sport with a declining viewership. So I think they're just talking strictly. Just TV viewers, viewers, yeah. TV viewers, and, well, well, and 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 that that's a whole nother issue. Like, okay, if we've got a if we've got a sport that's becoming immensely popular in the last two years based because of COVID, and the viewership is down, why is that? That's again, we go back to that that question that we've asked from the beginning. The product is stale, so I, I that that. Their their point of view there, I think, is not. I think starting a tour that's different is what's going to increase viewership by having something different. So, or creating some uh, disruption to help increase viewership. Um, so, I, you, I guess they could say declining viewership based on one particular model, and that's and we've already determined that that's probably what the PGA's tours the PGA tours flaw was. Sure, was that there, it was too stale. It was the same thing over and over and over and over. Um, and that's why it was it was it was kind of declining, which it shouldn't have been when a sport that's growing in popularity in the world is you shouldn't have a declining viewership. Well, I think I think correct me if I'm wrong, and I just am making this up anecdotally, essentially, but I believe like almost all sports are going down a little bit in TV viewership with the way things are streaming nowadays and the amount of options that are out there. I think just TV viewership is going down. I think people are watching less, a little less TV these days. Maybe um, just like strictly like Nielsen rating. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, may, it may be so because there's so many other options, uh, other ways to watch. To and there's watch so much competition that. now for stuff too Yeah, um, on TV that the viewers are getting spread through multiple platforms and multiple things, but... I guess Again, I could have I, mean, I could have made that up. It sounds really good. Um, it, I should have said it, it a little bit more confidently, but I, you know, makes I mean, sense. I mean, I think me. well, I think more people are watching the NFL NFL games than ever before. But again, to your point, are they watching it on their TV via the network? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're streaming it on, you know, through you know Hulu or Sling or uh, you know, YouTube TV or what. I don't know. Maybe that, that's changing the ratings. But I think more people are watching. NFL football than ever. 
Um, so I, again, I don't know where they're, they're basing those, that, that those numbers on, but, um, well, look, I, I want to go on the record right now and going back to the point I was making a minute ago about, you know, where this ends up and where it goes, it just kind of hit me. And I think there's only one, I'm not going to say solution, but there's one, this is how this goes down basically for lack of a better way of describing it. Mark this right now, December 12th, 948 PM, 2022. In the next three years, the public sovereign fund will withdraw its investment into live golf. The biggest story will then turn into how do these these players get back on the PGA tour? And ultimately, as we know, money rules everything. So these players will have the opportunity eventually to pay a fine to gain membership back. And it could be in the neighborhood of $5 million, could be $2.5 million. I don't know what it looks like yet from that figure, but I would bet it's anywhere from two to $5 million to, to have the ability to qualify for membership, which they will have to go through Q school to then qualify. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Could you imagine Cam Smith going back to get back to Q school? I, imagine no, Matt. I yes, I can see him DJ, in Q school because he would do it. Justin imagine Johnson. DJ and Brooks Kepka. hundred <laughs> percent. They wouldn't do it. And I don't I don't think they'll honor their previous accomplishments. I think they're gonna go back and have to earn their way back on. You know, it, it's tough to tell a guy like DJ with his amount of wins and everything, and you know, uh what is it? Uh it, previous winner status you know, that he should be in. But I think ultimately the PGA tour is going to make a statement. They're going to say, these guys have to earn their way back on and they've got to pay some of that money back to the tour to have the opportunity to even regain membership. I just think that that's where this ends up, regardless of what happens over the next few years. I think we'll see a couple of players. Like I don't think DJ will play on the PGA tour again. I think he will literally just cash out, relax down in Jupiter and kick it for the rest of his life. You know, he'll probably have a a taco shop down the street that I'll be a frequent member of (laughs) or frequent visitor of. Um, But long story short, I I just don't see this going any other way. I think eventually the, this, the Saudi league's going to, or not Saudi league, but the Saudi investment is going to dry up, not dry up from a financial standpoint, but dry up from interest standpoint that they're no longer going to be interested in this endeavor. And ultimately these guys are going to need somewhere to play. The PGA tour is not going to turn down money or the opportunity to put some of the best players on there because they need to improve their product as we know. So I think we'll have probably a year that these guys will have to just sit, wait in limbo. There'll eventually be a judgment come down and the start of a new calendar year. These guys will have to go to Q school and pay between two and $5 million a piece for the opportunity to regain membership. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I don't think you're too far off there. One bit. I don't. So I'll be curious to see what um, fucking Patriots, by the way. Um, I'll be curious to see what what their schedule looks like. I know there's been things leaked. I, I do know they've I'm not sure if we've talked about it. They have stolen Mayakoba from the PGA Tour. They stole Valderrama from the DP World Tour. Those two are going to be venues. There's a bunch of rumors going around circulating about where they're going. I guess they're going to go back to a couple of the venues they had this year. Um, it sounds like um, the Trump name will be prominent in a more. Uh, they went to two of his courses uh, this year. It sounds like they're going to go to more next year. And so I'm, I'm curious to see where they put their, not not just their venues, but like on the calendar, where, what events are they going to go up against on the PGA Tour for you know, coverage and viewership and all that kind of stuff. And I'm surprised. Oh, 
I guess I'm not surprised. It's supposed to start in February. We haven't seen a list yet. You would think you would want to tell your membership where they're going to be playing golf so they can set their calendars. But when they're contracted employees of the Saudi Arabian government, I guess you can do whatever you want. They're not going to complain. (laughs) True. They they got them by the balls. So, oh, sorry. They're independent contractors that want to make their own schedule and play whatever they want. Or or wait, they're contracted employees. What what are they? I can't tell you what what, what they are. Yeah, we we really don't know because they haven't told us. But yes, Um, they should be independent contractors. But after they've joined up with with Liv, I don't know if that's the case anymore. No. So, um, yeah, that's all I got on Liv right now. I'm sure we'll start to hear more and more come. I'm assuming they're going to probably wait till after the holidays to start, you know. Stuff this time of year gets lost. Yeah. People don't pay attention. They're not in front of their TVs as much, in front of their computer screens or phones. And news around the holidays just kind of goes by the wayside. So I would assume after the first of the year, I know they're going to have some sort of a big announcement. I would suggest that they're probably going to do their schedule the first week when the PGA Tours in Kapalua at the Century Tournament of Champions. They'll try to steal some of the headlines there and probably... Uh, either announce a couple new players or their schedule or something like that to try to yeah. steal some headlines would be my guess. So, um, all right. Who are your picks for the PNC father-son this week? Just kidding. Oh, I was going mean, to say, that can't be on DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> it can be, but it is, I mean... I'm looking at. I'm looking at. Why is it? I mean, it's got to be. If if Daly and his son are playing, they've got to be. Yeah, obviously, uh, Charlie and and Tiger. I mean, Charlie. I mean, you you saw that quote. Tiger was saying that that Charlie's hands and feet are bigger than his his right now. I told you guys last week. He's got some of that Viking blood in him. Yeah, I mean, I I was I've been saying that for a while. When I, you saw the clips of him swinging, I'm like, dude, he's a little guy right now, but he's got big old paws on him. I don't know about his. I didn't look at his feet, but his hands look huge for being such a little guy. But I mean, Tiger's six one, and I didn't. Elon's five eleven. God, I did not think she was five eleven. I'll I'll Google her again if you want me to. I know you, you get those up. Babe Ruth stats up too. It's like five eleven. It just I, that blew my mind. I mean, I I just, nah, just Elon's a little more attractive up. than Babe Ruth. Yeah, but I mean, if I mean, I bet they run about the same speed, though. Yeah, maybe. Um, But I mean, he he does have the opportunity to be a big guy. And if he's if he's got ball speeds in the one seventies, hitting it further than Tiger, then, geez, who knows? Yeah, again, really fun fun to watch. It's 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 one of those, I guess now one of those events and you got speed playing this year and JT, they're starting to get younger and younger. It used to be just the old guys that would play, right? Who is speed playing with his dad? It's called oh, father. It's a father, son. No, I was just like, I'm because not every <laughs> five, it's not all father, son. I mean, sometimes it, it's, it's like stepkids and whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, like, no, he's I'm, playing with I'm his dad. thinking maybe he had, he's got a, like a stepson somewhere that I didn't know about. But um, he's, He's playing, and Justin Thomas is playing with with his dad. His dad, they won. His dad, dad. yeah. Um, Last couple years, he's been like in pain. Like every time he plays, it's like he can't even bend over to pick up the ball. It's like he's. I don't. I I don't know. That's just what I remember watching them both. Like his dad was, has always got such bad back pain. He can't even pick the ball out of the hole. Yeah, JT's dad's dealt with some health issues. They won two years ago. Yeah, 
And then Daly's one last year. I'm trying to find the field on here on the PNC website. Normally they have. I can't find the actual field. I couldn't find it earlier. Yeah, I can't find it. I was going to read off some of the other teams, but I guess they need to do a better job updating their website here. So, anyways, it's something good to have on kind of in the background and keep an eye on it and take a look at watch a 13-year-old play golf along with some <laughs> other some other stars and studs, but so is he yeah. is he only 13? He's only 13. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, only 13 years old. That's that's and awesome. the gol- golf world will be captivated by him all weekend. Yep. Um, you know, it was funny. I was chatting with my brother earlier, and he was like, Do you think you can get odds from like MGM or, or somewhere in Vegas on Charlie Woods winning a major before he's 21. I wonder what those odds are. One in a hundred thousand. Gosh, I think I'd, I'd probably take it just to yeah, no. discovered pussy yet. You can't take that bet yet. <laughs> I want to see him dominate the AJGA 17, 18 year olds. And then we can start talking once he, because I mean, my God, this guy is going to get a Lamborghini and unlimited everything true, at 16 true. years old that's tough to to turn down i hope he does for the golfing world because i think we'd all benefit from it and it would be you know i mean as crazy as it sounds to get this far in front of ourselves if he comes out and is somehow dominant like his dad it's the best thing for the golf industry oh, it geez. really is can you imagine the hoopla surrounding Char- tiger woods son charlie woods just dominating and becoming the number one player in the world, it would be the infusion that the sport needs to take it to the next level. Not that we're already not at that level, but at the same time, just to find a new peak, a new pinnacle to where the sport can truly go. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing is people are like, Oh, he's going to win so much. I'm like, he's not winning his way. He's not winning junior events. That's also correct. So much in his way right now. It's way too early to jump on that bandwagon. Um, If you had a, if you, if, you're making a hundred dollar bet because you got an extra hundred just to throw away. Sure. Absolutely. But you can't go yeah. in with any big, big money. No, right yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, if it's, if it is a hundred thousand of one, I mean, yeah, I got a, I got a hundred, I got a hundred to lose. I got a hundred that light on fire in a second for that. <laughs> but, I mean, look, I'm looking at actually pulled the leaderboard of this notable gay event that he played in recently. That was actually on uh, TV. Uh, I actually yeah, want to talk about the girls in a second. So go. He yeah. finished 11th minus one. 14 back of the kid who won. Yeah. Tiger, when he was 13, was winning the U.S. Junior. Yeah. So uh, pump the brakes a little bit. And Jay, you know this as well as I do. A lot of players weren't great junior golfers early in their career. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tiger was one of the few that that dominated the junior circuit, the the AM circuit, and he just dominated every level. And it just, most guys don't do that. That kind of goes in phases. You know, one guy, some guys have, you know, Kills it as a junior golfer, but then he gets to college and he loses focus or whatever, and vice versa. They they were playing other sports as a junior golfer and they get to college and they figure it out. So yeah, you're right. It's just that well, doesn't uh, that doesn't that what shouldn't dictate whether or not he's gonna he's gonna you know be a great great golfer as a professional. Well, and one thing I will say is that I would say that Charlie was probably one of the most physically gifted kids in that bunch. He may not have yeah. won, which not everyone wins every golf tournament. Yeah, doesn't mean they're not a great player, but if we just look at physical attributes, where he is now with speed and power, and the obviously 
ridiculous instruction that the kid is getting the lessons that no one else has access to, you know, it's, it's not outrageous to think that if he stays focused on his golf career, that he could certainly progress into something very serious and and a very, a a great player. You know, I mean, it's so easy to put a target on his back, but it's so hard to do it at the same time because we don't know what's going to happen over the next 10 years of his life. When I mean, look, look, unlimited, unlimited at his, Look up. back at uh at, at some look at look back in the last century of the greatest athletes to ever play each individual sport and look at their 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 children strength and, and, and power. Well, yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying look at look at what their what their success has been. I mean, I would I would argue that the most successful uh son uh, from one of the best golfers, or uh, I say golfer now because you know who I'm going to talk about, but uh, of, of of all of these sports, one of the best uh, you know children that come out and 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 try to you know play the same sport that their their father did would be Gary Nicholas. I mean, he played on the PGA Tour. David Duvall. What about David Duvall? His dad was Bob Duvall, longtime tour player. No, but I'm, he's saying I'm, one of the of, like, of the 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 father's one of the greatest of all time. Okay, okay, oh, I, the, I apologize. Kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, you look at like Wayne Gretzky. Okay, his son's not a professional, you know, hockey player. Uh, you know, Babe Ruth, who I think is or any 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 baseball player that you can think of, uh, that was the greatest that you would argue the greatest baseball player. Michael Jordan, his kids, they I mean they played college basketball. They were great, but not. They weren't good enough to play even professional ba- uh, basketball, um, so the odds are really stacked against them in a, in a sense that I think there's a lot of things going into. It. And you touched on, you know, the amazing instruction. And I think there's the the one thing that we won't know about is whether or not he's got the 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 immense uh, you know level of drive. That's what which is what Tiger had that competitive drive, which sounds like he's competitive. But like when you do have all these things at your disposal, like what are you? What are your goals? What What are you trying to do? Are you trying to be the best at, at, at the sport just because you have that inside and that's an intrinsic value that you're like I want to be the best I can be no matter what I don't care. Um, and I don't I don't know the kid at all. I don't know if he has that. He's got all the tools. He's got everything around him to help him to be that person. But again, there's something. From there's something inside mentally, uh, I'd say even in in you know inside your soul that tells you if you're going to be the greatest at a sport, and it's not talent. And I hate to say that, like I mean, it, talent is certainly part of it, but you've got to be talented. But you've got to have like the most ridiculous level of drive, like Tom Brady. I mean, you look at look at these guys that are playing at this that that, that play. 20, 30 years out of sport and just dominate. And it's not talent that's that's keeping them in that position. I think it's the that level of drive that makes them want to be, you know, the endless pursuit of being the best they can be. I don't know if Charlie has that or not. He may, which would be, it would be the most ridiculous thing we've ever seen for two people, uh, you know, to come out of the same sport. Yeah, it's just too Father hard. Father and son to have that same level of drive, the same, you know, level of talent and skill set. I mean, that would be just insane. The odds, I mean, he could he'd be better off to, he could i mean a better chance to win the lottery three times than he would be to be the next the next greatest golfer of all time um yeah it's, it's, it's so it's many the, factors the odds are into. odds are against him even like you said even though he has all that stuff going for him yeah just the, the the pressure in the in the mental mindset is just not there. crazy, crazy. Yeah, he's not but been I, validified I mean, at this point 
I would certainly love to watch him. I'd certainly love to watch him try. Yeah, so. it'll be it'll be fun to kind of follow along. And I, I feel bad for the kid in a way because of all the eyeballs that are going to be on him, you know, for his whole career and going through high school and college and whatever he does. Yeah. It's just it's just hard, man. It's a hard. It's hard. That, li- it's a hard I life mean, to have that much. It's not a, It's a hard life, and I mean, and you know, depends on who, who you're talking to. I mean, but, yeah, uh, I'm not talking about the house he goes back to and the cars he's going to drive and and the money that's in his bank account. All that is not hard. I completely get that, but yeah, um, the pressures that to. society is going to put on him is. Well, and beyond yeah. that, it's so easy when pressure, just like you said, Mike, is being applied to you to fade, especially when money is not not a factor. I mean, Charlie, yeah, I don't need this. And just kind of Charlie will never need yeah. a dollar. He gets tired of the hype. It's tired of having to do co- uh, press conferences and just interviews and all the bullshit that comes along with who he is. You know, it's very difficult to continuously go through all that, especially if he's not playing well, because the thing that he will have is he will have nonstop interview requests, regardless of what he shoots. So now you've got, you're expected to go into the tent and give a press conference after shooting 73 and missing the cut. And that will wear on a player without question. And obviously if he starts to, you know, deny access, then it will only become more of a story and he will run further away from, I mean, it's very tough to, to weather that storm and ultimately, you know, match the play up with the expectation. Yeah. Uh, not easy. Not easy. I mean, well, it's yet to be yet to be seen, but um, I mean, it's crazy that we're sitting here analyzing a 13 year old, but I mean, it, again, it is coming off of, I mean, it's a, the son of the arguably the greatest golfer of all time. So, I mean, and he's playing this week, so I guess it's a fair argument, but yeah, it, it, there's a lot of a lot of things that go into playing that that type of golf, that elite golf, and and things are not going to go well all the time. And it's it, where you know where is his head at in terms of uh, what drives him? And I think that's that's the the trick. You know, I think the greatest golfers, not golfers, the greatest athletes have this this unnerving drive to, and they're they're never satisfied ever. I mean, you look at Tom Brady; he can't stop playing football. He just can't because he thinks he can be better and he's 45 years old and he thinks he can be better. I mean, Michael Jordan didn't stop until he's 40, almost 40 years old because he thought he could keep playing and and be the best. I mean, it's like, they just keep going and going and going. It's just, it's almost like a drug. It's like, you're addicted to it. You're like, you're addicted to you're addicted to being the absolute best and you're addicted to beating people. Like you just want to be competitive and you want to beat people. And it's a gift and a curse. I mean, we've all seen the, you know, the, the, the clips, you know, with uh, the last dance with Michael Jordan. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of like friends on his team and, and in the NBA. I mean, I should later in his career, everyone got along with him. Oh, we mean Jordan are boys, but he wasn't boys with you. He wasn't boys with you. When you stepped on the court, you were not his boy. He was trying to rip your heart out every single play, every single play. Um, and Ben Tom Brady is no different. Like these guys just, they want to win. They don't care. Maybe once they they're off the floor, they're cordial or when they stop playing, but not when they're in Jordan, uh, Tiger was exactly the same way. I mean, when he was in his heyday, he didn't hang out with any of those guys. He wasn't buddy buddies with any of those guys. He is now because he's kind of succumbed to the fact that, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not that guy anymore. So maybe let me just create some relationships and not be an asshole. I don't have to, well, he wants to remain a part of the game. 
Yeah, he wants. And if he's going to be an asshole and not be good at golf, then people aren't going to want to hang out with him. They're Short not going to want to ask him questions. Yeah. So I think he's kind of accepted the fact that he's not. He's like, hey, I can probably help these people, um, you know, be good at golf because I'm I was the greatest one of the greatest of all time. So but what's the expression? Yeah, it's, it's lonely at the top. It's lonely at the top for sure. Yeah. Not that we know anything about that. I, I, I know nothing about that. On a completely, completely separate note, does anyone think Troy Aikman looks like a cartoon character? <laughs> His features are very pronounced. They're very pronounced. His, he's got an oddly shaped head. Features are large. His hands are massive. It looks like someone drew a caricature of him. You know those guys at like the carnival you go to or like the boardwalks on vacation? They draw a caricature? <laughs> he's like a living form of a caricature. Sorry. I was just... Great input. <laughs> Completely right. off topic, but I couldn't stop staring at him. I'm like, man, he looks weird. <laughs> He's just <laughs> looking so weird and just cashing that this announcing check all the way to the bank. Yeah. Played 10 A years lot of in the NFL, three championships, and just chilling. And it has made probably quadruple. Oh, yeah. Probably more than that. His career earnings versus yep. his TV earnings are stupid. All right. Sorry. I got completely off topic there. I apologize. Um, I love those. That's great. But all right. Anything else golf related? Is that it for us for this week? This is a slow week. I think we wrapped it up. Slow week. Not much going on in the world of golf this time of year. We'll we'll be back next week. And then in a couple of weeks, the season, our season starts with Kapalua. Coming soon. Live golf. Can't wait. Everyone go buy your four aces gear. Oh, I can't wait. They are going to supposedly like change up some of these team names and logos. I can't wait to see what they have in store. It can only get worse. I mean, the people behind Project Wedge, Live Golf, and the Niblix, they're going to fucking nail it, I bet. So (laughs) (laughs) you come up up with those names, you're going to come up with some really good stuff. I can't wait. wait. I can't wait. It's going to be great. All right, boys. That was a pleasure. And again, thanks to our listeners. We appreciate it. We'll be back uh, next week. Cheers. Later. Later.